meeting today's challenges with yesterday's experiences. Senior Wisdom is your opportunity to take in wisdom gained by our elderly population and apply this insight to your own life. It's a time machine of sorts, sending you back to challenges of pre-millennia days and places that stretch across the globe. Stan Zapka grew up in a large family of 12 kids. They really practiced the we-are-all-in-it-together philosophy. In Stan's view, the first half-dozen siblings helped bring up the second half-dozen. He didn't realize the strength of the bonds between each of his siblings until they became adults. Their time apart only enhanced the time when they got together in their adult lives. Family gatherings became events filled with joy. Stan feels that the commitment to hang together as a family was rooted in the demonstration and practice of diligence, responsibility, and trust. Personal character was valued in this family. Stan learned to be the example that your children will model. Senior Wisdom is ready to share another golden nugget, so adjust the volume on your laptop or handheld device and soak into a conversation with Stan Zapka. Well, it's a wonderful day in Alta Sierra. This is a town located in the Sierra Nevada mountains, and I have with me Stan Zapka. Stan, how are you? I'm just fine. Thank you for coming over and for this opportunity to uh, address your people. Even before we get started, maybe you could tell me what your age is. I asked Dad of Perry Como one time, and he said, how old do you think I am, Stan? And I said, well, I knew he was in his 80s, but he said, I said, oh, about 65, and he hugged me for five minutes. <laughs> well, Stan, quit but hugging I, I'm, me. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a 90, closing in on 90. Closing in on your... In November, I'll be 90, 90. I had seven of my brothers in the service with me during World War II, yeah. and we all came home. There were three or four of us in the Pacific, one with Patton in Europe, another in Texas in the Air Force. When you were uh, just kids running around, did you have any thought that you would enter into the service at some point? As children, oh, did you no. talk about things like that? My mom had 12 kids, nine boys and three girls. We grew up in the steel mill district of South Chicago. We fought our way to school through nine or ten different ethnic groups in order to get to, to get to school. And we all pitched in. We all had jobs, whatever money we had. We threw it in the pot. Mom took that money out and paid the first hand that was banging on our door. And so we kind of grew up in those, in those times. Uh, when the war came along, and we grew up in South Chicago, the question was, when are all those Zapka boys going in? Well, we did, one by one, until eight of us went through. So well, what was the upbringing like back there? Are you, are you talking about in, in Chicago, in the urban areas, or are you talking about on perf in peripheral regions? I'm talking about the steel mill district of South Chicago. Uh, where they made Pullman cars and, and, and steel. I can relate to that. I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Oh, we had those oh steel boy. mills as well. Oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> you ever watch the slag being poured down the mountain? Isn't it beautiful? We, we used to take the slag and throw it on our roads in the wintertime so that we yeah. could drive up and down the hills. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's what we did. We, we came up with practical ways of using it. Yeah. Was your family a somewhat tight family, a mom, dad? Twelve kids, you said? Twelve? Nine boys and three girls, two sets of twins younger than I. Uh, yes, we were a tight group, but then again, in those days, uh, everybody hung together, or you, you, you know, to, to survive. We we always gave credit for the first half dozen, helping to raise the second half, because uh, I had uh, it, was, it was a tough life, and everybody had to pitch in. 
Some of us had two or three jobs. Some of us had none. So, I mean, with 12 kids, I would imagine the span of oldest to youngest must have been probably close to 20, 25 years. I guess. Something pretty, like that. Pretty, so, pretty much. I don't think my dad ever left the house with 12 kids. He just, yeah. <laughs> he, they just kept coming, coming, coming. Boy, he certainly was a busy guy. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you that. Yeah, but we, uh, we all went, went in. And, well, are you the okay. first batch or the second batch? I'm the second born of the second half dozen. There okay. are six above me. One of them that passed away when he was a little boy. I never knew him. That was part of the first half. And then my brother Bob, and then uh, me, and then two sets of twins younger than I. Over the holidays, what was that like? Well, especially during the Depression years, my, I, I tell in my, in my memoir that uh, no, none of us got Christmas presents, only the two sets of twins. And those gifts came from the mayor of Chicago. I don't know if his name was Cermak or Kelly. But the ward heater in the neighborhood saw about 12 votes in our family, and so every Christmas, the two sets of twins got a box of clothes, which was a hat, a tie, a shirt, a jacket, a pair of pants, uh, some stockings, uh, some gloves. Uh, the girl of the three boys got a dress instead of a suit, and that was our Christmas present. And one Christmas, we waited, the first half dozen waited so long to, on Christmas Eve to buy a tree when it would be cheap. They went out, there was none left. So they found a tree stump in the neighborhood and they drilled holes in it and wired it with branches and filled it with so much tinsel you couldn't tell it wasn't a real tree. And we of the first half dozen are upstairs on the balcony looking down as they, as they trim this thing. But uh, that's how it was. You, did, you didn't have much money for anything. You just made do. Even though money was short, they didn't have much money. I mean, this was the Great Depression time too, right? Yes. There must have still been love and, and, and excitement around because as a child, I would imagine, the imaginations were flying high and when you saw that tree going up, you saw mm. actually, <laughs> well, you tell me what you saw. Well, I, I, was, uh, I was a youngster among the 12. I was, you know, I was only five or 10 or 15, whatever I was. I just pitched in, but uh, we always give credit for the first half dozen, but I, I didn't really see the value until the war came along and we grew older and we still hung together and we were still a tight family. Uh, we learned from our family all the values of the old country, that the values they brought over about diligence and responsibility and character and... What's the ethnic have, background? Uh, well, my family is from the old country of uh, the Czech Republic. That's now the Czech Republic. My dad, he was born in Moravia. My folks, my mother's folks were born over there. They met in Iowa, uh, got married. Uh, Dad was, uh, like me, he was heavily involved in music. They, Mom and Dad had bought a little opera company. And they put on plays and Dad directed the orchestra and the, and the, and the actors and actresses and Mom started his productions. And uh, it went on and on and on until they finally, the depression just ate into him and he, they figured they could make a better living in Chicago, so they moved the family to Chicago. But they brought those values with them to Chicago. Yeah. And values that they probably acquired mm -hmm. from their parents and their grandparents. It was a natural thing. It was, it, it, it was just inbred. You didn't have to teach loyalty. You didn't have to teach values. You didn't have to teach respect for your parents. Uh, oh, you saw it in action, didn't you? Well... Yeah, we saw it in action. You know, if we if we disobeyed or talked back, we got swatted like a baby cub would swat her kid. And that's that's how we learned boundaries. That's how we learned respect. That's we, how we learned uh, learned those kinds of lessons. 
it's it's we today a lot of those lessons would be considered child abuse if you swatted your kid on the butt you know was there uh, <laughs> you know was there balance with it though i mean maybe you give them a little total love total the... love respect uh the family hung together but then again i must say that i, I think in that generation what they call the greatest generation uh that's how we were that's how that whole generation was brought up and it came from the old country and it was passed on and passed on and learned in that fashion there were no dr spock books in those days you know for my mom to look at and my dad right right well they can only mm. talk uh, to other relatives i suppose and close friends mm -hmm. yes and then these days of course we have such a transient society that that becomes more difficult yeah now as yes, as true. you guys and gals in the family walked away created your own lives how did that value system stay with everybody what what do you remember seeing or experiencing that really demonstrated that yeah you know we're family we hang together we've got the same values we are we are happening it's just a continuum of a bond and an understanding that uh we would have a reunion i mean we, we missed each other even though we're families were all over the united states we'd meet in colorado or someplace and sometimes there are 80 90 100 people at this reunion from all kinds of families and uh, marriage to us was a, was was a commitment. It mm -hmm. was a, a, it was a part of our Christian upbringing. Mm -hmm. uh, hang together, or, and, and that's what's important. Mm -hmm. My mom, my mom and dad had it tough, and uh, I imagine, almost. I imagine the pressures were great with twelve kids in the Great Depression, and then your country's making demands because there's a war going on, yeah. and we all have to pitch in. Yes, I must. I, I think it's because that generation, my generation. All went through the same thing at the same time. They united the country. It wasn't just men that went to war; it was women. And uh, sometimes kids, 14 or 15, said they were going to leave home if mom and dad wouldn't let them go into service. So it was preserving the liberty and honor of this country. And now today, my brother Bob, who's, we went to the New Orleans World War II Museum uh, not too long ago, and we saw the, we we saw airplanes hanging in tanks, and we saw. Uh, veterans, uh, uh, docents showing us around. The, and, and, and my brother Bob said, Stan, it's, uh, it's all gone. We, we, we've lost it all. This gener I don't know if this generation realizes, you know, what's happening today, you know? Yeah, you know, I, <laughs> my father-in-law was in Italy in Casino. Oh, boy. When ever, it all came. Oh, Everybody was there. Uh, so when I was actually in Casino, uh, his brother, my, my wife's, uncle mm -hmm. showed us the albums of the before the during the bombing and the after and i mean we need to remember yes these things so that we don't repeat them but also so that we understand who we are and how we work together we we stay together mm -hmm. um, i do see those things in america these days do you see i mean it sounds like the wisdom that's coming from what your your words here is a, a perseverance a a willingness to stick together uh, coming from a fundamental place of caring, you know, of love, mm -hmm. you know, having compassion for one another. Is that what you're saying? Uh, oh, I think so. I think no matter what, no matter where, where one goes in his, his career, there are certain values that, co that come into play. None of us, uh, we carried those values through World War II and just continued on. Here's what I think about about that generation. I think we spoiled the boomers that followed us. And we didn't spoil them because 
we didn't have good values. When we went through the Depression and then through the war, we lost about four, five, six, seven, eight years of our lives. And when we came home, we wanted to start our family, start our careers, and we spoiled our kids. We didn't want them to have to work as hard as we did. We didn't. We we gave everything, gave them everything they wanted. And sometimes we weren't that strict in our discipline. We looked the other way when they did things we shouldn't. We always shouldn't do that. So you're Don't trying you? to really get rid of the harshness that you felt. It wasn't Europe? harshness. It was. It was. It was. So we learned the values, but we didn't pass them on to the to the generation that we spawned after the war. That's when the Dr. Spocks and everybody else came in, and there were teachers on. And, and, and the social groups that came in and said, you can't do this to your kids because it's wrong or it's mean or whatever. We, we just gave in to it all. And consequently, as I say, we, I think we spoiled them. No, you've been on both sides of the coin then, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, you, you had the upbringing and then you, you backed off on it uh, with your own kids. And, and I'm seeing my kids pass it on to their kids. They're having more trouble than I did because they did what I taught them, and which wasn't good. Not bad, but I mean... They, well, I understand, they, yeah. I understand. So then how would you apply these things in today's world, the way things are today? How would I apply them? Wow. That's uh, a big question. I really Well, uh, by example, you know, uh, I just do as I do, not as I say. And if your parents can hang together in their marriages... If we didn't have so many split families, we'd have to work two or three jobs, hire babysitters, and come and go at dinner, and not stay in, at the table until we're all finished, but pray together and, 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 and work together and help each other. So it you sounds know? like really the little things that happen throughout the day become the big things that are the glue that keeps families Absolutely. together. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're all running so fast right now, trying to keep up with life. We have two or three jobs, trying to get our kids through school. Do you realize that since World War II, we've been through eight wars? Count them. It's a lot of conflict. Well, it brought, see what it did during World War II. We all went away for two or three or four years. Now, these our, our poor soldiers and sailors and service people, they go away for a few months, come home, get a taste of what they miss and go back and forth. That's crazy. That, that's an emotional a roller coaster. Uh, roller coaster. Right, it's sure. crazy. You don't get stable. So what would be one value? that you would want to apply out of all of them? I mean, you've mentioned a lot of them, but what's the most important one that you think that you'd want to apply in today's world? Uh, trust, commitment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and is that commitment to, to uh, your family, to your community? You know, I think it, it can be encapsulated in one word, and that is respect for your elders. I would imagine if we have respect for our seniors who have wisdom, <laughs> and I'm looking at one right now, that that will have a carry through to everyone else in our lives. Hmm. Well, now that's okay. good wisdom. Mm-hmm. Stan, well, so you're quite better. a guy, and I thank you for today's. Well, statements. thank you, and thank you for the opportunity to, to speak to your people. 